We want to just welcome everybody to Think Out Loud podcast. Uh, this is a place where we have relevant dialogue with uh, interesting topics, around it's interesting topics with interesting people. And I have two very interesting people with me here today, two very lovely people um, from South Africa. I am I am hosting the show. I'm Charles Thomas, hosting the show from Houston, Texas. And these are two dear friends of mine, Glenn and Yolan Noel from South Africa. Welcome, Glenn. Yolan? Well, uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Charles. Thanks so much. Lovely to be here. Yeah, it is to great here. to see you guys. It, it, it is great to see you guys. It, it's, it's, been, it's been some time. I, uh, I'm actually drinking from the cup that I picked <laughs> up while I was there wow. a couple of years ago. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Today's topic is around the recent floods over in South Africa in the Durban area. And uh, we just want to talk to Glenn and Yolan and get a get a feel for what the story's like. You know, uh, it's it's very common here, Glenn, uh, in the in the United States, here in these these southern coastal states for us to um, expect even uh, hurricanes. You know, um, yeah. so you've you've guys have uh, heard of Hurricane Katrina and some of those more devastating hurricanes that have come through, you know, South Louisiana, some even through uh, uh Texas. And so we are we, we are used to these type of storms and we even think of them as being normal. Uh, and I know just recently over in April, um, I think it was April 12th, 13th or so, did a little research. You guys had a storm there. Can you can you tell us about the storm and uh, give us give us an indication on uh, what your story was like with preparing your family and getting you guys ready for safety? Okay, well, yeah. Thank you, firstly, Charles, for for having us um, on thinking out loud and um, yeah, man, you you you're a great buddy of ours. And uh, yeah, so to pick up on that question about. Um, the floods that took place on, I think the date that you would most probably find on the internet speaks of the 13th of April. I would go back a few days earlier where, yeah, around the 7th of April, that's when the rain sort of started. And it was kind of like a light rain in the beginning. Um, it became a bit moderate and the last sort of two days, it was quite heavy, heavy uh, rains. Um, but th I think there was from, I mean, we watched the news, we, we watched the weather, listened to the weather forecast. Nothing really prepared us for um, what was about to come, you know. Um, it, it kind of just blindsided a lot of people in that way. So... I remember we were probably about now day three or day four into the rains and there was no significant damage yet at that time. I was out um, in another part of the city called Westville on a Monday evening. I was traveling back home. It was around 7 p.m. And the rain was really coming down. And that's when I started noticing like a lot of sort of trees falling over into the road. Uh, stuff like that. It was it was kind of hard to even see just in front of me driving home. And um, 
by the time I got home uh, that evening, obviously we were a bit concerned. And as we slept through the night, the rain just increased the downpour. And by the time we woke up in the morning, that was Tuesday, the 13th of April, we woke up to mass devastation across our city, mm -hmm. uh, different parts of our province. Um, that's when the reports started coming through of uh, significant damage, roads washed away, houses collapsed, buildings have collapsed, people are trapped, uh, people are being deported um, as, as deceased and there, there were search and rescue operations. So immediately that Tuesday when we woke up, everything came to a halt. Um, we couldn't send, uh, so usually my, my routine every morning is I take my, my eldest son uh, to school mm -hmm. um, at 7 a.m. And um, he was at school the previous day, the Monday, but that, that Tuesday we, we couldn't go. Um, and um, yeah, that's when we realized, okay, something terrible has taken place, yeah. So did you think at first that it was just a normal, um, just a normal type of rain passing through and that uh, it would just, you know, rain a couple of days and then maybe just move on by? Is that what you guys were thinking? Or, or were you getting a forecast that it was something totally different? So we did get a weather forecast that <clears throat> that there would be um, a lot of rainfall. So usually, I think they predict um, the amount of rainfall in millimeters. So it gives you a kind of indication of how much rain to expect. And you can sort of tell if it's going to flood by the amount of rainfall that they predict. But Usually when there's flooding, you expect it to flood the places that are like your informal settlements or, you know, places that aren't really fortified. Um, and that does happen quite often, but not causing, like not wreaking such havoc um, like it did this time. So we, that's what we expected. We thought, okay, there's going to be a lot of rain. There's like windstorm, like taking houses away with mm. it. But it's a steady downpour um, and usually that results in some flooding of places that aren't exactly strong. But the thing for me is that people went to bed in mansions, you know, houses that are yeah. huge, strong, solid and whole families got wiped out yeah. because mm -hmm. no one expected that kind of damage from the floods. So it's almost like... <clears throat> I don't know, the rain did something to the foundations of places that entire houses collapsed, no matter how huge or strong they were, no matter how well fortified they were. And for, for a whole family to be wiped out means that everyone went to bed expecting to be safe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. you don't, I think, I think because people who live in informal settlements expect the destruction, yeah. they are more alert and awake and prepared. Whereas the rest of us just went to bed thinking, oh, it's raining outside, you know, we'll wake up tomorrow. We'll help those whose houses might have been a little bit flooded, yeah. but you didn't expect it to be your own house, your own road, um, your trees blocking the roads in the morning, um, or, or even as bad as turning on the news and finding out whole families have been wiped out because the house just collapsed or sank into the ground with yeah. them. That was... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So look, just, just to reset the room again here quickly. Um, I'm Charles Thomas with Think Out Loud. I'm interviewing Glenn and Yolen Knoll. 
Uh, I am hosting this show from Houston, Texas. Glenn and Nolan are in Durban, South Africa, and we're covering the uh, the recent floods there uh, that happened in South Africa. So I know you guys in Durban, you're 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 right on the coast, uh, down I guess southeast of uh, the continent. There, you're right on the coast, and um, I guess you're usually more or less protected from storms because of the Indian Sea. I'm I'm assuming. So you don't usually see hurricanes there, or do you? No, that's yeah. that's. Very rare for us, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So when this when this particular uh, storm moved in, um, I think I saw on the internet that there were four hundred thirty five or plus people that perished from the storm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, on that number, um, and there have still been uh, reports of people missing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. about 40,000 people were made homeless. So what what's going on for the people who were made homeless? I mean, is the government establishing some sort of um, locations where these people can come in and be taken care of until some of the infrastructure is back online? Yeah, so there is. Um, there are sort of government initiatives and private initiatives as well, um, where foundations and organizations are stepping in. Um, some of them are like um, sort of um, relief at sort of like community centers where sort of temporary camps, if you want to call it, are being mm. set up for people to to be accommodated. Um, and on the you know there there are boarding places that have been utilized as well, but um, I there are so many people that are, have been left um, completely, completely destitute. just yeah, <clears throat> homeless. Yeah. Wow. So did you guys stay um, at home the entire time or did you have to leave your house for, uh, for shelter? Yeah. So we, we considered it. We considered actually leaving home and driving to, we have family out of town Um as we were a bit concerned and obviously our water, our water was shut off. Um, I think that Tuesday, the 13th, when we woke up, uh, we were without water. So we considered, man, maybe it's, it would be safer for us to leave, but we, we ended up staying. It, it just weren't advisable to, to travel. And it was like we say, a, a lot of the roads were just completely, uh, washed away and significant damage. And um, thankfully, with uh, where we live, we kind of up on a hill. And um, so our, our our place was 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 okay. Um, obviously, in our road, there were, excuse me, some landslides, mm. but nothing that directly impacted impacted us. Yeah. yeah. You know, that is the other thing that I found very interesting was that uh, there were a lot of homes on the side of these m mountains, I guess, maybe these high hills, these um, raised areas. And during the storm, it produced a lot of landslides. And so yeah. the land started shifting underneath these homes and these homes just started sliding 
down the side of the mountain is what I'm reading. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah that is, <laughs> I think that's what um, might have caused um, such significant damage to so many of the structures, like, like solid homes, was that I think the amount of rainfall might have um, been too much for the soil underneath the foundations to contain or to drain. Mm -hmm. I read in one of the articles that we had four months worth of rain in a couple of days. Wow. So, I mean, how how good does the drainage system need to be in order to drain that yeah. away? Four months is four months worth is a lot of rain. That's a lot of so, rain. Yeah. So I think that um, in, in those instances where you speaking about them being on hills, um, yeah, in that case, uh, there's a lot of soil underneath the foundation of the house because it's on such a raised area. Yeah. And so you don't, maybe you don't see the signs of it happening right at the surface, but right beneath the surface of your home, the, the, the water starting to displace the land. Yeah. And I think that's what caused the, the mud, the mudslides that then caused the houses to drop. Um, but then on, on the other side of it was also because there's so many hills um, in our terrain was that places that are in valleys then obviously had places on the hills collapsing onto yeah. them. So phew, neither neither the people lower down or the people higher up were really exempt from, from the, the damage. Yeah, wow, that's... That's amazing. That that's that's uh, so so. Look, I am I am Charles Thomas. This is Think Out Loud podcast. We talk about um, relevant issues with interesting people. I'm interviewing Glenn and Yolan Knoll. I am uh, in Houston, Texas, and they are joining the show from Durban, South Africa, and they've recently experienced um, devastating, deadly. Uh, storm there that uh, wiped out a lot of people due to uh, to flooding and devastating for you um, you know being 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 the homemaker being the mom um, and uh, being the caregiver of the family um, what was your state of mind I mean what what were you thinking what things were you going through emotionally um, as it uh, relates to taking care of the, the the kids and all. I mean, I know I know Glenn is got you covered as the husband, but then you're the caregiver for the kids. Uh, I've I've seen you in action, you know. So what <laughs> what was going through your mind emotionally? What were you thinking? Um, I think to be honest, I was in the beginning. I was a little bit unaware of the amount of damage because I hadn't left the house that weekend. When Glenn came back from his meeting on Monday and told me about what he, uh, that he was expecting that the kids wouldn't go to school or anything like that, I was a bit disturbed that our routine would be disturbed. I wasn't expecting anything of, of the magnitude that, you know, the, the storm would be. But um, when that did happen, um, I, I wanted to protect them from seeing any of the images. Um, and that's because it was giving me anxiety, um, which I didn't realize I still had and was being triggered from the looting from last year, 
which had started from the pandemic. So it was like too many life-threatening things in a close space of time. And I realized that I wasn't doing okay mentally. So I firstly had to like, you know, um, take a break from reading anything on the media because the images were um, quite gruesome. And also just for me, the fact that people who thought they were safe were not. So for me, it was a case of, you know, the thoughts of, gosh, are we safe? Was starting to become an issue. But we we trust, we put our trust and our hope in God that we were safe. And, and I felt that that was a safe space to rather keep the children in, that we are safe and, and God is protecting us. But what did um, make me very aware of my son's state of mind, not we have a one-year-old and we have a three-year-old and we have an eight-year-old. And um, Glenn asked our eight-year-old if he'd like to take a drive with him to the shop to buy something. And he said, I'd rather not thank you. I don't want to see mm -hmm. the houses that are broken. So I was quite taken aback that he was that aware of it. And he said, I watched the storm that happened in Louisiana and I didn't think that that could happen in our country yeah. or our city. So that's when I realized the effects of the media um, on his state of mind. And yeah, that was very disturbing for me. So it was also quite an eye opener that I guess the children also need a platform to process everything that's going on yeah. um, and sort of ways to deal with just the constant confrontation of death all the time. Yeah. Um, which is something we never dealt with as kids, um, but our children are having to constantly have to confront and sort of navigate through. Yeah. Wow. So, Glenn, um, considering the fact that uh, Yolan just mentioned that, you know, you guys were just getting your footing back from the riots that took place in July of, of last year due yeah. to uh, to the, the, the COVID outbreak. And I mean, COVID is still there. It's still prevalent. You know, it's still here, I should say. <laughs> it's global. <laughs> um, you know, that building of layers, um, how, how did you, how did you, how were you able to cope? You know, knowing that you are the, uh, the protector of your family, the provider of security for your family, how were you able to cope with all these different layers? Yeah, um, you know, that that is something like like Yolan just said, you know, um, the backdrop of all of this and what's taken place um, over the last two years in our country and more specifically in our city. And so um, like for those sort of listening that, that don't know us. I'm, I'm a pastor. So we were on the ground last year after the riots, um, just helping um, in different efforts to sort of clean up our city, rebuild our city. And we saw the devastation there, um, that many buildings, certain parts of communities just haven't been fully restored as yet since, since those riots in July. And so with this again, and, you know, like our, our kids, especially our eldest son, he's quite aware of um, the, the programs, the um, activities that we engage in, you know. Um, so it's, it is a bit difficult. You, you have to have these conversations with them to see how they are processing it. 
and um, but you also have to keep them positive you have to um deal with a lot of the fears that you sense they are are, are dealing with internally and um but yeah it's just basically i think trying to make them see that you know we we we're going on about it as best as we can we're trying to get water which what we were doing you know going out trying to source water source um food stuff like that and just try and keep a, a level of normality if i can say that which which yeah. is quite quite difficult um in those circumstances okay all right. So look, I am, I am Charles Thomas. I am hosting the show, uh, Think Out Loud from Houston, Texas. And our guest today is the lovely Glenn Yolen Noel. And they're joining the show from South Africa, from Durban, South Africa. And we're talking about the recent floods, um, that devastated their region, uh, just a couple of days ago. And, uh, Stephanie, I see that you joined the show. If you're interested in coming up and being a part of it, please feel free to do so. I mentioned to Glenn earlier that you might, uh, that, that you might join. And for anybody else who's here in the audience, uh, please feel free to uh, join the conversation. You can hit the, the hamburger button down low in the bottom left and um, you know, come talk to us. You can also give us reactions uh, or leave us, um, leave us some comments Stephanie, I see you. Okay, I would love to, but I'm on Zoom. I'll let you know one off. Okay, all right, thank you. So, um, for anybody who wants to uh, to join the the show and be a part of the conversation, you're more than welcome. Um, I'm sure that Glenn and Nolan uh, can answer any questions that you might have. So, um, when Glenn, you mentioned that that you're a pastor and uh, I have been following your ministry. You do a great job there. Um, you've got a, a wonderful team. I think your dad's working with you in ministry as well. Yeah. And um, your wife's working there with you. Um, you guys are making impact there. And have you have you seen any organizations perhaps that are uh, contributing to the restoration of people there? Um, in your area? Yeah, there, there are quite quite a few, quite a number of, of organizations, foundations. Uh, one that um, is doing great work is a, a foundation by the name of Domino Foundation, the Domino Foundation. And, um, you know, they've been providing a lot of relief um, to, to people that, that are in need in this time. And so, yeah, we're seeing a lot of, uh, that's, that's one of the things I, I would say that really encourages me about our, our nation, South Africa's the ability to always pull together, you know, um, when we need to, we saw that after the riots as well. Let me ask you a question here um, about um, global warming. I'm sure that's probably a part of the conversation uh, as it relates to some of these floods. I know here in the U.S., global warming uh, is somewhat of a uh, divisive topic. You know, it, it uh, people are either believing that it's real or not believing it's real, uh, trying to do something about it. Um, some people aren't doing a, a lot about it. But as far as global warming is concerned over in your country as it relates to the flood, has that been a part of the conversation? Do we believe that global warming... Uh, 
uh, attributed to the uh, the storms there, or uh, what is your feel on that? Um, <clears throat> I think it's it's absolutely certain that global warming definitely plays um, a part in it. Um, also, something that I was reading um, on one of the articles. So in one of the articles that we are reading about the flood, um, they were writing about how we can expect more floods um, on the East Coast. So they not more floods, more storms, and that the storms would continually be more severe, and that places inland can uh, expect more droughts and that the droughts would continually be more severe, and that's because of global warming. So obviously the usual weather patterns that I mean, or, or the, the usual amount of rain or usual amount of dry seasons that we used to experience are no more. It's not as predictable as it used to be because of global warming. I think one of the problems, though, is that we're not talking about global warming as much as we should be because we're so caught up in our basic needs yeah. um, and meeting people's basic needs with one, it's like a domino effect almost, from the start of the pandemic, we actually just ended a state of disaster in South Africa. So because of the pandemic, they had announced a state of national disaster. It just ended where we are finding the COVID pandemic starting to sort of, I won't say die down, but it's giving a bit of a break, it's subsiding. Um, and so the effects it's had, it's having on our life style and our routines is minimal um, compared to before. So the, the state of disaster had just ended. And then the floods brought another state of disaster in KZN. Um, and so people, I think, are just um, trying to meet their basic needs at this moment. So we focused on amenities. We focused on yeah. uh, getting the waters Shane, we just met, met with someone today who hasn't had water for 17 days. Oh, wow. um, And he wasn't in a home that was flooded or affected by the flood in any way. But because the infrastructure and the, the, the pipes and the systems that supplied the water have been damaged, a lot of the province has been without water, without network coverage um, in terms of internet, in some places without electricity. Yeah. And then there's places where... Bridges into places have completely been destroyed where water tankers can't even get in there. Mm. So there's no way to get relief to them. So at the moment, we saw inward focus that global warming hasn't even yet been a topic of discussion. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and rightfully so. I mean, right now you're trying to, um, I guess, bad choice of words, but you're trying to swim your way out of this disaster yeah. you know uh, so there's some emergent <laughs> conversations that need to take place in order to take care of yes. people who are currently hurting yeah Absolutely. and um hopefully on the other side of this there'll be more conversations around global warming um if if you guys think that that is uh in order so uh, 17 days without water yeah um and and the, I mean the the suburb that this gentleman lives in is quite a a, a a good community, a good suburb, you know. Yeah. And um, we, I think I had heard on the radio a few days ago that 
water has been restored to about 60% of the city. So there's still a lot of places that are without. Yeah. And so daily, those communities like when our community did not have water, they're sending out uh, the, the local municipality are sending out uh, water tankers, um, these truck water tankers that come into the community every day to provide water. You have to go there with your buckets, with your containers. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know, and just to shed some light into the, the day-to-day challenges for, for, for people um, in the international community. Um, we have like, I remember the day that I went out to get water. I think that was probably day three that we did not have water. And the water tanker doesn't go into every road in the community. It only goes onto the main sort of roads. So people have to just come out with their little containers or buckets. And then you, you have the elderly, you know, that how are they, who's taking care of them, mm. you know? So there's a lot of things as you, you step out there, you realize, wow, this, this has impacted everyone. Um, and it, it, it affects people in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So are they giving you guys any indication as to, um, you know, uh, first of all, I guess, do you have any idea of the dollar amount of damage this storm has caused across the region? I mean, is it millions, billions? Yeah, we we read an article was yesterday that uh, in the figure of about 17 billion that's been estimated so far. And obviously they're still assessing um, many other uh, places and, and damage that's been caused. So I think, you know, we will we'll probably get to a more accurate figure within the next week or two. Yeah. And, and when you, when you, when you give that amount, is that in Rand or is that in, in dollars? Rand. Rand, okay. right. What is the conversion rate? I think it's 15, um, 15 Rand to the dollar. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm not quick enough to do that on the spot, but just over. Yeah. It's about a billion dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Are they giving you any sort of indication as to um, how long it's going to take to get your infrastructure back in place, <laughs> get your roads back? I mean, I've seen some devastating pictures online with, yeah. you know, it's like the earth was just washed away and, you know, these roads were destroyed, built bridges just, you know, collapsing and, yeah. Are they giving you any sort of indication as to how long it's going to take to get things back online? No, I, I haven't. Um, you know, I, I think you, you you get sort of the the messages of, of hope and encouragement. And right now, I think they're focused on just restoring just the basic yeah. needs, you know, like water, sanitation, you know, all, all those sort of things. And... Um, but I, I don't think they've made any sort of projections mm. of us being back to a total um, yeah, restored state yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, does anybody in the audience, would you like to come up and ask any questions of Glenn and Nolan? I mean, uh, Yolan Noel, this is, this is Charles Thomas. This is think out loud podcast. I am talking to Glenn and Yolan 
Knoll uh, of South Africa were discussing uh, issues from the recent uh, storm. And I think they named that storm is Issa. I think the name was Issa. Is it okay? Yeah, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia yesterday and it looked like they actually named it I S S A. And I'm assuming they pronounced that Issa. Wow. Yeah. Um, if you look in the fortune cookie of the show notes of this show, you will find two links. One link is going to lead you to the Facebook page for Oaks Church. That is the church that Glenn pastors there in South Africa. And then the other link is going to lead you to a uh, organization that is doing their part with trying to bring some sort of normalcy back to the family there the families there rather in uh, South Africa, Durban, South Africa. And the name of that foundation is the Domino Foundation. So uh, feel free to click on those links and um, scroll, scroll around. Glenn has some messages there on the Facebook page. Uh, Yolan, do, do you have any, any messages there um, on that, on that site? Any messages that I'm sort of preaching, speaking? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I think you have some messages on the Faith on the Table page. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. And is is that a part of this site, uh, Faith on the Table, or is that totally different? Totally separate. Yes, totally separate. Okay. All right. Yeah. um, So I think you've got that in Facebook and also YouTube, Glenn, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Just on Facebook. Okay. All right. And those are some very powerful messages where um, I've seen the two of you sit there and teach lessons. And sometimes I've seen either you know one or the other sit there and teach lessons. So Faith on the Table is another Facebook page. It's fabulous. You need to go check it out and uh, check, check out their ministry. How's your family there? Uh, both of you guys, uh, how, how, how are your, your extended families doing through this uh, th- through this weather event, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start on you know my family. We thankfully they they were all okay. Um, of those that we were able to be in communication with, no one really um, suffered great deals of of damage to property or any of the sort. Um, and so my my family, like my my parents, um, a lot of my aunts, uncles. They all live here in the city in Durban, but Yolan's family, they live out of the city. They live um, in other parts of the province of, of KZN. Yeah. Okay. And my, obviously, because of that, my family has been fine through the writing last year, as well as the floods. They were very concerned. So yeah. they're always checking up on us. Um, and I think they were also a red flag. They started checking um, up on us the Monday night, just before all the damage happened with the floods on the Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, they were probably watching the weather, watching the weather predictions. But thank God they've all been absolutely fine. We've all been safe. We've been blessed. We have not mm-hmm. lost any family members. We haven't lost any friends that we know of. Um, but we've seen, you know, I came across a collage of the faces of the people who died in the flood young and old, from a couple of month old babies yes. to grandmothers. There's one instance where a grandmother went, um, a mum phoned 
the grandmother to go and fetch the kids from home because she was worried about them being at the house. And as the grandmother had the kids, as she turned into her own parking lot in her yard, the la the 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 car um capsized i think the the earth was loose underneath him and the grandmother and the children passed away oh. uh, and that's like a whole family there's one instance that i saw um in westville which is the same place glenn had just driven home from where it was a family of four very young um in their i think the parents were in their 20s they had a, a couple of months old baby and then they had a daughter who's under the age of 10 and only the daughter survived so she mm. lost both her parents and her sibling. There's instances where I read about a two brothers. The one went to work night shift. The other went to visit his girlfriend. And when they drove back home, they also had no idea of how bad it was at home. But they found no house where the house was standing. Wow. And they had to fish their family's bodies out of the rubble. Oh. And that's how they found out that they, their loved ones had passed on. And so there's, there's these images that you see, these notices going out on school um, Facebook pages, yeah. announcing, showing children's faces. I mean, young and old, rich and poor, all races, all colors, all backgrounds. Yeah. It's absolutely, I feel, and we haven't lost anyone dear to us. So I feel really blessed. Um, yeah. But sure, we really, we feel it just being able to empathize with those who have lost. I think it, it actually impacts you, even though you don't know the people. Yeah. Just seeing their faces and understanding that that could have been us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, um, Glenn, there's probably, since this is an, a worldwide app, there's going to probably be somebody uh, in your area listening to this broadcast at some point in time. And if you could leave them with words to to live by during this time, some words of advice, some words of encouragement, um, what would you actually say to them? Because I see you standing, you know, with a lot of hope with, uh, you know, you were earlier when we were talking, you still had that wonderful smile on your face. And so there's something there that you're holding on to that I'm hoping you can share with others. So what would you tell somebody who's dealing with this right now? Yeah. Um, well, you know, firstly, just as, as Yon just said, uh, you know, we completely empathize and sympathize with all of those that have, have suffered loss and damage at this time. Um, you know, what I would say is to just remain positive and, you know, it, it sounds very harsh to say, but whatever bit of hope that whatever you can hold on to in your life, if it's a loved one, you know, if it's that you've been spared loss or damage at this time. But, you know, we there's an old saying, count your blessings, you know. And um, if you are still alive, there's... There's, there's a reason and a purpose and we we, we, we thank God that um, you saw what air in your lungs you can get up and you can fight another day and uh, just to hold on to faith as well you know um, we're living in a time we're living in a day we're living in an age where things happen are happening all around us wars floods natural disasters uh, pandemics. 
And one thing that has really kept us has been our faith, you know, our faith and having a good community around us, you know, I encourage people. Um, if there's one thing that I look at, one of the major things um, impacts that COVID had and brought upon the world is that part of isolating people where, you know, like here back home, we had to quarantine and, you know, and so, but we, we, we are people, the way God's created us, he's created us to be in community, to be in relationships with people. And there's so much strength that you can draw from others. And it's so good to have a good, healthy, positive community um, and, you know, just people, healthy relationships around you at this time. So, yeah. And I mean, for anyone in the Durban area that, that might be listening to this, um, you know, you're welcome to to maybe look us up online, look us up on Facebook, Oaks Church, if there's any way that we could um, get in touch with you and um, just even sit and have a chat like this and just see how you're doing. We'd love to do that. Well, well said, brother. I, I really appreciate uh, I appreciate you uh, sharing some time with us today uh, to talk about this devastation. I mean, you took time out right in the middle of um, – you know, this recovery effort. And so I don't take that for granted. I appreciate you. I appreciate Yolan for sitting down and sharing your time with us today. So I'm Charles Thomas with Think Out Loud Podcast. Today, our guest was Glenn and Yolan Knoll. They are pastors there in uh, Durban, South Africa, pastors of the Oaks Church. And uh, if you click on the fortune cookie in the show notes of this show you'll be able to link to their facebook account and there's also the domino foundation uh link is there as well if you want to uh, help with recovery um from this devastating storm there in durban south africa the domino foundation is doing just that so uh thank you so very much once again i really appreciate you guys joining me and uh, i'm looking forward to uh, having further conversations with you yeah, thank, thank you for having Thanks us, so Charles. Okay, man. We'll talk to you guys soon, okay? Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, okay, bye-bye.